hello everyone, this is Kim C, and you're listening to the Year of Underrated Stephen King, one woman's book podcast endeavoring to take you through the underrated works in one piece. So today we have a really fun episode for you guys. I have recently connected with two amazing ladies, book fans, and podcast hosts, Jess and Kendra from the Palaver Unraveling Weird Lit podcast where they are passionate constant readers like myself as well of fans of spooky literature and all the good stuff. So we recently collaborated on Rose Matter together which was such an amazing book to read with other females. I so appreciated having others to shoulder the difficult subject matter with, but also get some really awesome perspectives. So please head back to last week's episode on Rose Matter for my coverage on that. And in today's show notes, I'm going to link the Palaver podcast so you can tune in to our coverage of Rose Matter as a trio. But the gals, Jess and Kendra, were so gracious to give me their time on this episode where we talk about the Dark Tower. Dark Tower junkies out there, you're with your people. These gals are huge DT fans. And uh, we talk about King in general, their favorites, what started their Stephen King journeys, their recommendations, as well as the subject of horror, why they read it, watch it, enjoy it, and why they feel others do the same. So we kind of segue into a topic that I explored a few weeks ago on why horror. So it's a really fun exchange between three lovely Stephen King fan ladies. So tune in to our discussion. The only caveat is my audio is slightly problematic. It's a little bit patchy, blotchy, uh, scratchy in one or two places. Uh, on a scale of one to five, five being completely unlistenable, I think we're at like a one and a half, maybe a two. Um, so if you're super duper picky about your audio, just a heads up. I too am pretty intolerant of uh, crappy audio, but we're okay. I think that, I think it's okay. Granted, I'm extremely biased, but uh, I definitely wouldn't listen to it if I, uh, or I wouldn't want you to listen to anything that I wouldn't listen to myself. And I I had a blast hearing this exchange between these two lovely ladies and their book podcast and all of our mutual love of uh, all things Stephen King. So listen to the next couple minutes where we just nerd out to the Stephen King universe. I hope you enjoy it and uh, I'll uh, say farewell at the end with some final notes on where you can find more content from Jess and Kendra. So stay tuned. I wanted to get these gals together because we just read the super amazing and very under matter together and had a blasty blast and we'll talk more about that in a little bit but I wanted to get these ladies on an episode because they are constant readers and uh so my first my first question for these gals are what was your first Stephen King book you read and how old were you Oh. <laughs> Jess, do you want to go first? You read them younger than I. I did. Um, 
I'm going to say, okay, actually, we just did an episode on what was my first Stephen King. It was from a Buick 8. Oh, and okay. And I read it, and it had to be right after it came out because there were a whole bunch of nice copies at the library. It had to be, like, 2003, so I was probably, like, 13-ish, maybe even 12. Um but actually, in a conversation Kendra and I had, that I had a memory resurface. Um, I read the short story, Sorry, Right Number, in school as, as actually like part of, part of one of those textbooks that has like a bunch of short stories in it for, I don't know, maybe, maybe fifth grade I was in. It was quite young. Um, uh, but it was, it was a trippy story and it was awesome. And I was, immediately sucked into, especially since From a Buick 8 is still one of my favorites, I was totally sucked into how cool he is as an author. And luckily I love it was one it. of his more appropriate ones. <laughs> I mean, it's gross in its own way, but like not in a Damn It Steven moment, you know? <laughs> right on. And then Kendra? Yeah, for me, I only started reading King a few years ago, which sounds sad. Uh, I was probably around 26, I want to say, uh, when I started reading Stephen King. Uh, because actually, I was a lover of horror movies to start off. I watched about like anyone I could get my hand on from when I was like a teenager on up. And one scary movie that I went to see was the remake of It. And I absolutely fell in love I'm like this is so good these characters are awesome and I was talking with Jess we do this uh yearly trip to this renaissance festival that we love and on our trip we're like do you want to go see it again and we're like yes <laughs> and Jess was like but have you read the book and I was like no and I'm like you know what let me try let me let me get it on like audible I can listen I have a long drive home from this and I'm like, oh my gosh, how long is this book? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm like, this is the first Stephen King I'm going to listen to. And it's how long? Okay. So I immediately was immersed. I could not stop listening to it. I absolutely loved it. And that just jump started. I had to read it all. I, I We were talking and I'm like, just get me to the dark tower. Like I have to follow this map. I'll read all of these books and we will, we will come together and read the dark tower at the same time because Jess had only, had you only run read the gunslinger to start? I hadn't even read that. I read like, oh. like Cujo and Carrie and, um, Oh, there was another one, but I, I was just like marginally a King fan as much as I loved from a view at gate. I couldn't find another one like that. Because I immediately went to like his gross horror stuff, so I I like got away from it, and then yeah, Kendra Kendra really jump started it for me also. Yes, we when I like something, it's forever. like an obsess. I obsess over. It. I'm like I need to read more. <laughs> I'm like I need to understand more. And so like for me, I love character development. I love the parallel that went back you know, back and forth, future past uh, with it. And then my second book was Cujo. And I just loved getting in the mind of the dog. And I, I really fell in love with King's writing, how he writes, how he writes his characters and develops them as the book goes on. 
for Ugh, sure. Preach. And just that they're all like interconnected. We like I I knew that there's this Stephen King multiverse, and I remember like talking to a friend about it, and that all, all the books are connected, and we just dove head first into the connection. I am so glad, Kendra, that it was your very first novel because when I read that one, I was actually in your same boat. I started reading King in 2006-ish or 2000. No, actually, no. What am I thinking? 2013. I'm sorry. Um, 2013 mm-hmm. was I was just out of grad school and I was, you know, uh, I talk about it on the podcast. I just grabbed a book out of my parents' office to pass time. I was waiting for my mom for something. And it was the short story collection, Full Dark, No Stars, which, and it just like, right. And it just changed my life and it blew my doors in. But shortly after I read (laughs) it and it took me about a month because it's like 1100 pages. But I remember I read it during summer and I read it all the time. And when I was finished, I had the biggest book hangover of my life. And Mm -hmm. I just remember sort of looking myself in the mirror haphazardly. And I was like, I'm a different person. Like, I am, (laughs) like, this book has changed my life. Um, I am different now. And so. Prepare yourself for the dark tower because it was literal months before I could read something else. I just sat and I'm like, just. (laughs) <laughs> what have we done to ourselves? <laughs> oh, that encourages me. That encourages me so much. And it even, like, okay, and of course, I'm sure you're a Harry Potter fan, right? Oh, yeah. And we all grew up on Harry Potter. Like, it, mm-hmm. it was just the cream of the crop, magnum opus of awesome. And I don't want to say, like, the Dark Tower surpassed it, but it, like you said, it opened up a whole different world. And it, as an adult, it, it just it was like an adult Harry Potter series. Does that make sense? Just yeah, wrapped you up and, and and kept you going. And like Kendra said, we're we were mourning it for like a year after. <laughs> we're still mourning it. I still Potter. mourn certain <laughs> things. I <laughs> that excites me so so much because yeah, I have meant to. It just hasn't happened yet, and I'm actually prepping. I'm prepping for Dark Tower because my goal is for it to be my very first book of January 2021. I'm gonna do Gunslinger. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. so um, I'm so encouraged that it's it's something that's all consuming, and I've just got these little breadcrumbs of story details. And like when when I was reading Rose Matter, they're like, oh. Ka is a wheel and I was like what is Ka I want to know and so it's a wheel <laughs> and I was like I I'm I'm nerding out I want more so I'm already salivating so I think it's super encouraging to hear other uh DT fans out there yeah well the crazy thing about once you read the dark tower you like find all of these connections in his other works that you go back and you're like that's a connection to the Dark Tower. That's a connection. Or in the Dark Tower, you're like, that's a Kuja reference. That's a this reference. So going back and reading other, like I read Rose Matter before the Dark Tower. And when I went back and read it for this, I'm like, God, they're mentioning Ka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it, it like, it elevates your reading of Stephen King after and during because you're having all of these connections from other stories of his hit you. And you're like, ah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love it. I'm super excited to start my journey here. 
soon. But do you gals, because you cover King on your Weird Lit podcast quite a bit, which is such a joy. But do you have any recommendations for anybody who maybe never read Steve before and who thinks he's just pulpy genre fiction and really want to have a chance? <laughs> oh, man. Kendra, I'll let you, you go first. Okay, one of my favorites that I think, even if you don't necessarily love horror, I think you could love is Talisman. I know we talked about that. That's one of my ultimate favorites because it is an adventure story. It is like you transcend worlds. And yes, there's an element of horror and scaredness in there, but it's just a journey and it's it's phenomenal. I would highly recommend that to anyone that wants to jump in, but not fully into King's Darkness, that's a great start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second that because I had that on my mind, but I didn't want to steal your thunder because I know you love that one so much. <laughs> but I, I had a friend who uh, she got into Audible and she doesn't, I don't think she's read any King, to be honest. And she's like, I know how into it you are. Like, give me a recommendation. And that's what I recommended because it's, it's like an epic. It's like the Odyssey via Stephen King. And it's awesome. Oh, double mm-hmm. recommend. Now I have to read it. Now I have to put it on the <laughs> list. That's awesome. Absolutely. I will say I re- recommended to a friend too that Stephen doesn't always do like, I guess, ghosts, like paranormal-esque horror, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. she liked that type of stuff. So I recommended Bag of Bones to her, which mm-hmm. is a really suspenseful and kind of paranormal-esque type one. And she's really enjoyed that one as well so far. Yay! Um, Bag of Bones is actually going to be my October pick because I am such Yay! a story girl. Yeah, I'm like the biggest fan of ghost story, all, all the things. And so I nerded out super hard to Rose Red recently. So um, I'm all about Bag of Bones here coming up. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, but now we're going to segue a little bit. Uh, I did an episode a few I have no concept of time anymore. I don't know if you gals are the same. I don't know if it's weeks or months. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I, I kind of am very new to liking horror. I was always a little bit of a fraidy cat. I always had massive really? anxiety as a little girl. Oh, yeah, like super bad anxiety. And so I really shied away from horror for a really long time. But in grad school, we read a lot of gothic novels. And I'm like, this stuff's legit. I enjoy this immensely. <laughs> and then with Stephen King's beautiful writing that made me fall in love with him, I started to kind of just get braver and braver and really enjoy being creeped out. And so I kind of am like going through this psychological discovery in my own self. And so I wanted to pose a question like, why horror? Why do you feel people like it? And why do you personally like That is a really good question. I want to thank you for asking that question because I'm about to nerd real hard. (laughs) Get it, get it. Same. Do you want to go first, Jess? (laughs) I will. Um, So I want to, I want to say that for me, it was more of a personal experience. I've, so like, like I said, 12 year old me was wandering around in the horror section, but that was, that was totally due to my upbringing. This was like a nurture scenario for me rather than nature because I, um, I grew up with my parents running a haunted house. So it, I grew up like around weird stuff. Like they, and, and they both like just love 
horror stuff and and creepy things and they'll go to flea markets and buy masks and mannequins and like the scariest goopiest stuff they could find my dad (laughs) and I would watch like horror movies all the time I didn't really have like a rating limit as a kid which in hindsight probably wasn't good because I had a lot of sleepless nights but like (laughs) (laughs) um, I they like encouraged like the weirdness around me and I'm super grateful for that because I, I dove immediately into it and I think um, I, you talked about this, I think in, in, in your pod episode that you sent us and, um, we really like a podcast called Morbid and they talked about this at well. It's, it's the idea that like, we're scared, but we're still safe. You know, we can get like oh. and weirded out, but we're like, we're still cozy in our beds. You know, it's not actually happening. Like, like the haunted house that my parents did, you know, I, it was cool and it was scary, but I know it's fake because I've seen behind the scenes. You know, so a safe mm-hmm. I guess. I love that. Before um, Kendra goes, really quick, just um, WTF, your parents ran a haunted house. What? Like, <laughs> um, can we just have a little more on that in terms of like, did you live in a haunted house or did they create and maintain a haunted house? I am so intrigued. <laughs> they created and maintained. So it, it actually started off in like, the basement and it was like just for friends you know my dad would put up like plywood walls and like make a maze and then it like exploded into like the backyard and then the garage we would like empty out the garage put everything in a storage unit for three months and put up like walls and a maze and we have mannequins and um all of our friends would be in there scaring people and he would do tours with like a flashlight under his face and it was it became like this it became a little too big <laughs> for oh, like wow. the neighborhood so I'm, I'm in, like, a super urban area, or my parents were, so the houses are all, like, three feet apart. So it's, it, it, you know, news traveled fast, and it we had, like, lines down the block, and it, it we did it all for charity, so that was really fun. Um, you know, we we'd, uh, don't have, like, a donation box at the end. We never did ticket sales. And eventually it just, it literally got too big, and my dad was starting to look at, um, like, venues. Like, we need, to, we need to move this out and, like, put it in a venue, and... We never did. Life kind of got in the way. And he's still, he's close to retirement. So they're talking about like doing that again one day because they still have <laughs> just a garage full of stuff. But yeah, it was, it was a ball. It was really like the coolest kid experience ever. <laughs> oh my God. You, you were just like born into haunted. <laughs> I, was. I was born into the weird. So like, the yeah. Haunted- that you have of like that you discovered it later I was like whoa that's so different (laughs) (laughs) yeah Jess is like I didn't even have a chance to not be into it (laughs) I had to like it or get out of the family that's (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome I love that that's so (laughs) go for it Kendra Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was like, any more? Uh, <laughs> no. So yeah, for me, it was it was a little different. Uh, I was very sheltered. None of my family likes horror stuff. Uh, but as a kid, I was drawn when I'd go to the library to like the Goosebumps and I'd rent the movies uh, oh, yeah. and I'd take them home and watch and I'd like sit behind the couch and like peek around and watch the Goosebump movies. And my mom's like, are you enjoying this from behind the couch? And I said, yes, I, I just feel safe here. But I'm enjoying it very much. And, you know, I came in, I encountered the scary stories to tell in the dark at school. And that was like more than the stories. The pictures terrified me. But at that age, 
right? They were awful. I still do not like to see them. But at that age, it was more like a, I'm brave enough to read this. I'm not yep. scared, you know? And I, I definitely grew up sheltered to what I watched until I met a friend, one of my best friends. She loved horror and she kind of brought me in and we realized it was something we had in common and we like thrived on the support from each other. Like we'd watch it and we'd be like, oh, we're so scared, but we have each other. It's okay. So it was, it, it was like embedded into our friendship. So I have a very fond memory of horror because it also reminds me of my friendship with one of my oldest and bestest friends. And you know, growing up, it became kind of an adrenaline aspect too. Like you go to see this movie in theater and it's super scary and it gets your adrenaline pumping because you're putting yourself, you know, safe and in control into a situation that's like out of control, but you're still safe. So mm -hmm. you're allowing yourself to be out of control while still in control. And I think that is the draw to horror for like books and movies. You know, we don't want to be in it for real, obviously, but like being able to let our mind go there while still being in control of the situation, that's something that we thrive is like, I want to be in control, but like, what would it be like if I wasn't? You know what I mean? I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I know for me, like I said, it was movies mostly. I watched uh, The Grudge as a child. Oh, and yeah, I say as a child, I was like 13, but that has been, I remember in your podcast, I think you talked about uh, like a callus and you can't be scarred anymore past that horror experience. That yeah. is my callus. Like yeah. nothing since has horrified me in the way the grudge has. And I still to this day, if somebody like crawls, if it's, you can ask Jess, she's been in the haunted house with me. If you crawl at me, I will run. If you corner me while crawling, I might kick. I can't. I have a triggered reaction that I cannot control when people crawl. <laughs> totally. That one, I, I don't even think I think because I'm too scared. I saw it between fingers and under blanket, but mm -hmm. that is an amazingly terrifying movie. <laughs> like, it's, it's so well so done. It's so scary. And I remember my response to it as a teenager. I could not sleep. I had three friends over that we watched it. And we actually stayed up all night and we wrote a horror story in which we made it out. You know what I mean? And that was how we coped with this like very scary thing that we just witnessed. We're like, we'll write our own story. And but we're okay. So that's like, well, we are okay, actually, in real life, too. You know what I mean? I love so that. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, when, when you say like, why horror for me, it, it's something that, you know, it gets my adrenaline pumping, I can put myself in a sense, uh, in a situation where it's clearly not going to happen, but you can like be in control of it. And I think, I think ho the horror genre gets a kind of bad name sometimes. Um, in the sense that I, I know you even said this, you're like, those crazy people that are like obsessed. That's what you thought before. Like those crazy people are obsessed with like horror and murder and it's awful. But like there are so many genres in horror, like there's the paranormal, the slasher, the true crime, yeah. the sci-fi. And, you know, just because you like one of those genres does not mean you're okay with them all. Like for me, I can watch a paranormal story anytime and I'll love it. But if you make me watch a movie like Strangers, where it's like a real life situation, I can't. That is too much. That's my hard limit. I cannot 
watch those like real life we killed you because you were home I can't oh yeah yeah I I am not a slasher person and so anytime I have to comment on like any slasher aspect I'm like sorry I'm not your girl nope sorry moving on (laughs) same Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the uh, the relationships with people and horror and how it kind of reminds you of friendship a little bit. And I love that. It's like that shared, we're putting ourselves in that zone of stress a little bit because we're going to experience the feeling of being out of control. But then when you can share that with someone close to you or someone you love, it's almost like a shared experience um, and it deepens your bond, which is so fascinating. And I think that that might be a big thing that many people enjoy horror for is if they experienced it with like a friend or like in Jess's case, like her whole family, like, yes. <laughs> like, um, like you're connected in that shared experience. And so in a way, horror kind of brings out the love between people, which is crazy. If you, listen to that sentence you're like okay um but it makes total sense when we look at like steve king and his two sons like did those guys even have a chance to not write be writers and to not like write scary things like it was just probably (laughs) their entire and then you have his daughter who is a priest right a priestess yeah (laughs) and you're like you guys are such an interesting dynamic (laughs) Totally. But I love the idea of shared experience because that's what I, I mentioned in my episode. Like my brother, my middle brother, he was always into it. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And I was so mean to him because I was like, you freak. Because <laughs> um, I just didn't get it because I did not enjoy the feeling of being scared. The loss of control was too much for me. But then um, I actually, once I sort of opened up and had my eyes and my perspective broadened I enjoy like reaching out to my brother and was like hey do you want to watch this with me and like that's that's cool I think it's it's good when when we can have that for sure in general it's good like when you have that person to share an experience with you mm-hmm. but to be freaked out with somebody is is pretty good oh yeah yeah it's totally a shared experience and you get like that support it, that you know every it's human instinct to want support, you know what I mean? And you're like, we're both scared, you know, hold me, we got this. And to feel that, yeah, love and support, even though it's crazy what you're watching, but uh, that really drives it home. And that's what I always think about when I'm in a haunted house, if I'm pulling Jess along beside me because I'm like, we got to stick together, I'm scared. (laughs) Or if I'm watching a movie with a friend, I'm like, we're huddled up and it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a connection that you form too through those things. So speaking of um, mutual support, how did you ladies? I'm sorry, what was that? I think you cut out there. Oh, bummer. Um, How did you ladies find each other and how you guys kind of put your heads together to create the pod? Oh, Jess, do you want, do you want, or do you want me to say it? I, you know what? You, you start because I don't, I don't know how we got to where we are. Like we, we met, <laughs> we met in just like a non-horror place. Well, it was horror in its own way, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll tell you how we met. We met in college. We were both attending the same college, and we both got a part-time job in college, working at a fast food restaurant chain. 
uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say it or whatever, but oh, you <laughs> stay as anonymous as you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we were working together and we kind of got together in the sense that we both had the same sense of humor. And, you know, we started to find that we had similar interests. We both really love Lord of the Rings and like other types of like Harry Potter and yeah. that type of interest. We we kind of came together from and Jess is just super nice and awesome. So obviously yeah. I would want her as a friend. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Thanks. But that's how that's how we kind of got together. And then, like I said, we've we've stayed friends even after college by having these shared interests like the Renaissance Festival, because we are just massive nerds. And we're like, yes, we thrive on this and sushi. And so <laughs> we we you know we did. That might be where like the scary stuff came from, because we always accompany the Renaissance Festival with haunted houses. Right. Yes, yes. It, it was always around spooky season. And that's when we got into the haunted houses. And then like I said, we, we both were I was like, Jess, have you seen uh, the new it movie? And she's like, Yes, I have. I'm like, would you want to see it again? And she's like, absolutely. And that kind of took us on our Stephen, on our horse. She got me into HP Lovecraft after that. So that is what I guess, jump started even though we didn't have the idea of a podcast yet but that's where our interests linked jess do you want to talk about the, the next part <laughs> came, like, naturally because we like we almost had a podcast with just each other you know we have like our own little private book club where we call each other and be like well what page are you on i can't ruin it for you but i have to tell you this detail you know <laughs> and we're like maybe other people would want to listen to this maybe <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> so what made you guys want to choose um, Weird Lit for your focus? So I guess it like it's people's perspective, I guess, that, you know, I guess Stephen King and, you know, H.P. Lovecraft is looked at as more as Weird Lit, although we, we like to talk about a lot more different types of books that maybe uh, – our people would look at and be like, oh, that's too political or, oh, that's too, you know, aggressive. Like, like I'm thinking Handmaid's Tale. That's one we really like, but some people might look at that book and be like, oh, that's just a whole bunch of propaganda. And like, you know, it's, it's weird lit to us because that's probably how some people view it, I guess. And I know that's a stigma sometimes with like Stephen King or, oh, you're such a weirdo for reading his stuff. I know even we both like that podcast we talked about earlier morbid they talk about true crime and uh i mean there's been people that were um suspected of doing terrible deeds just because they read stephen king like there was no other proof to them committing like um, a crime i'm thinking of the west memphis three and they were like you know what those people they wear rock band shirts they wear a lot of black and they read stephen king oh my gosh what weirdos they probably did it <laughs> exactly so crazy so terrible but yeah it is I as you mentioned that I thought back to like Marilyn Manson being blamed for Columbine like that whole thing like oh, the yeah. weird must be bad mm -hmm. yes so you guys have kind of just you were always planning on doing a pod but now you're just like all right book time <laughs> Yeah, well, we 
like I said, we listen to a lot of podcasts, especially during our quarantine time that oh, we're yeah. having specific <laughs> to this year, you know, uh, and we've always been having our talks about books. And we were like, maybe this would be something that we can share with others. Maybe others would, you know, really nerd out about the books that we like too. And it would be fun to share them. What platform could we do that on? Podcasts. That's true. And like building kind of a community because I, Kendra has uh, a few more friends that are like interested in this kind of stuff. But I have, I mean, other than my dad who like <laughs> reads some horror stuff and I'll give me recommendations once in a while. I don't, I don't really have like hardly anybody in my life who's this into it. I just have Kendra. So like, just, <laughs> you know, building the community and meeting like cool people like you, like that's, that's like an awesome perk of doing this. Agree. Absolutely. I love, I love making friends and uh, especially <laughs> King people. I think that King fans are the best fans. They're just such delightful humans um, because it, it speaks a lot to our character, I think, of sticking with a King novel sometimes. And mm-hmm. also we're in these, you know, times where not very many people are reading a lot. Everybody is sort of just doing the TV thing, which is fine. There's a lot of great TV out there. But I think it's mm-hmm. refreshing to be like, oh my God, these people read books like me. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Um, what King novels do you guys have planned uh, in the future? Oh, do we have a next King novel planned? Well, short stories. We're working on some uh, short stories. We're finishing off Night Shift. And then I, I don't know what we'll go on to next. But uh, oh, yeah, Those I have chronological and I can't remember the next. I know for me, I just got a massive pile of more Stephen King books because my friend who knows I love Stephen King went to a library, buy one, get one free, $1 books, like sale. So I am overwhelmed by the amount of Stephen King books that I currently have at my disposal. Very good. (laughs) I love it when you just get a treasure trove and... Yeah, I've yeah. become one of those people with an overwhelming bookshelf and multiple copies. So the nerdery has commenced. Right? Uh, one, I did just find one that I have been wanting to read for a while. I don't know why, but Misery sounds like something I really want to read. Uh, because I, I don't know anything more than it's like a crazed fan that like captures this writer and like forces them to finish their stories. And I'm like... I guess I, I, I get that. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I want you to change the story for me, Stephen. Why? But like, <laughs> so that concept kind of interests me. <laughs> oh my God, Kendra. Okay. So we're going to read Misery together because I have, I have not read it either. I haven't because I've been too scared. Um, <laughs> my, um, yeah, Misery was one my father read, and so my dad is kind of my Stephen King connection because he always had hardcover, and I, I don't know if you guys did this when you were kids, like you would play with your parents like CDs or bookshelves or whatever, and you just mm-hmm. kind of like, so I would always look at my dad's book covers. I think I was looking for pictures or compelling images or something. And especially like chapter books, big people books. And so I remember looking at the hardcover picture on the misery 
title page and it's really creepy and you see this silhouette of this woman holding an axe and so that's what I'm looking at as we speak yes I have these visceral memories from childhood about being really curious about it and then when I was old enough I remember talking to my father and he was like he just shook his head in like silence and he's like it's just pure terror and that's all he would say (laughs) so I've talked to many King fans about it over the years and they say it's his scariest work it might be his best it's um yeah and so I guess Annie Wilkes who is the villain in that novel is a metaphor for his cocaine addiction so (gasps) there's all kinds of good stuff in there but I've always been too scared to read it but I I, I told myself and I told the podcast that like if I could read it with somebody, if I could like share the terror with someone, I think I could do it, but I can't read it alone. <laughs> there you go. I'll be, I'll be your book buddy. No worries. Oh my God. Thank you so much because I'm so scared. <laughs> I like always, I remember seeing uh, like the, the movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I remember seeing clips of the movie and there's that one actress that's in it and she's in so many things and she's amazing. And I was like, I don't know why, but I just, I want to know what that story is about. Like, I don't know why. I just want to know. It's like uh, something I don't yeah. know a lot about, but I want to know more. And I know I, we just covered Rose Matter on our channel with you. And uh, the book that she was reading when Normie came home and beat her in one of her worst beatings she ever had was a book from the author that's in this. Yeah. Paul Misery. Yep. Yes. Really? So there's that connection too. Yeah. Huh. That's awesome. Yep, couple couple misery, Paul Sheldon's. Yeah, I think we need to do that one together because I can't read it too terrified. But I think because we just finished Rose Matter, probably later on, we as women, I think, need to venture into Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne because I think we do need oh, more yes. female King fans talking about these very female-centered books that have hard subject matters. So I think it's important that we get female voices on these for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would need a buddy. I would need a buddy for Gerald's Game Def- because that definitely. That's more than in, in time because, like I said, I need a happy break after Rose Matter. Just a few happy things. Agree, agree. Um, I have a segment on my show I call Corner where I just record myself kind of unpacking the emotional weight of what I just read. But my gal pal, Liz R., who's another constant reader, she's read uh, over 30 King books. She's a real passionate fan she has only put down two Stephen King novels and one of them was Gerald's Game so apparently that one is a little rough and rough waters but I think that when you're in that sense of community especially other females I think I can do it but by myself I honestly don't think I could have read Rose Matter by myself so I do feel there is strength in numbers in some of these (laughs) Yes, it's such it's such a heavy because these stories about women, it's about the suffering of women. You know what I mean? It's it's hard abuse and, and at least both of those. I don't know much about the the third one that you mentioned, but I know in this one and in Gerald's game, it's it's heavy and it's something that waves on any female's mind that like I don't want this to ever happen to me. I, you know, it's it's something that 
you just need other people's support. Like we said, with anything, you need the support to feel safe when reading these things. So I am all for us reading as a pack. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I think that if I'm correct, I might be incorrect. But I know Rose Matter has a lot of domestic abuse just sort Mm -hmm. of went through. Gerald's Game has a lot of sexual abuse. And then... Mm Dolores Claiborne seems to be a sandwich of both, where there's both domestic abuse and sexual abuse. So it's like equally heavy on both sides. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right? I know. (laughs) Um, I also, I read The Long Walk for the first time this year, and I was talking about the sort of um, hair of the dog in regards to, like, I don't feel any of us are in the mindset where we should be reading terribly sad or terribly uncomfortable things. But mm-hmm. yet we do them because it's a bit like when you're already hungover, that sure is going to go down easy. So I feel <laughs> yeah. that lately, like um, I, I'm kind of just packing on the pain because I'm already in pain. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, being goodness. Yes. Oh, gosh. Just, uh I can't wait for you to get to the Dark Tower, too, because I can't wait to talk to you about it as well. (laughs) I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm getting so (laughs) pumped, and I so appreciate that other other King fans are like, just get ready. And so I'm really excited, actually. Because I'm also, I, I feel a little bit out of the club. I know a little bit about Dark Tower and, like, Roland, and I know a couple names here and there. But, like, when we encounter those connections, I'm like... I'm not allowed to be in this club. I don't know the answer. So you're I'm... in. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> it's true. You're in already. Don't worry about that. So definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, so I don't want to take too much of your leave day. But if you want, um, you can kind of do your plug for any other thoughts you have on the horror, any other thoughts you want to with as well as letting people know where they can reach your podcast and any upcoming subjects you guys are going to tackle. Awesome. Um, I, man, horror is such a vast subject. I feel like we could talk about it for days. So Agree. I'm sure I would love to, to do something like this again, if, if you guys are up for it. I think that oh, yeah. at some point. Absolutely. I mean, I think we hit a lot on like the why horror, as you said, it's like it's, it's, it's a genre that has a lot of different areas within a genre. So if one might not be your style, I encourage you to like, maybe try another or at least try it before judging someone based on their interests. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, people enjoy the experience. And there's there's a lot of other aspects to it than just like oh if you know you like that that must mean you like everything that's happening in that horror movie well i did not like the grudge girl uh coming down the stairs i did not approve of that i did not sign off when i rented that video and i don't think it's okay that it happened and that noise haunts me even if i hear a cat now i'm like no cat you do not meow towards me because I'm having flashbacks, okay? So understand that, you know, don't judge others based on what they're interested in. If you're not interested in it too, that's okay. You're allowed to like what you like. Exactly. And, like, the horror genre is so cool because it is all-encompassing like that. Like, even, you know, Kendra and I love so many of the same things, but we are our interests in it are still so vastly different. I'm more like science fiction and monsters and 
you know, aliens and Kendra's more like ghosts and realistic horror and, and the true fear and like that's, but we're still both in horror, you know, it's just, it's cool that it, that it encompasses all of that. I love the, yes. the varying avenue. For sure. The, that one person, you know, this might blow your dress up, but this does not. But I think what I've learned, <laughs> what's been the biggest lesson for me is that we feel alive when we are encountering things that scare us and people oh, yeah. want to feel alive for sure. And it's been the biggest sort of lesson of like, like you said, not judging people for what makes them feel alive or what gives them that adrenaline spike in their body or in brain. And so I've really just seen all sort of horror experiences. It's like these are people trying to like connect and feel alive. And mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. And I think absolutely. Books, yeah, with books it's even more gnarly because it's like there's it's like a slow burn of terror. It's not like a movie <laughs> where you've got it's where it's all psychological. It's all in your mind. Also intense. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, people are just trying to feel alive. Some people do it like that. Some people, you know, drink five cups of coffee in the morning and that helps them feel alive. You know, Uh, obviously, if you're like a creepy normie type of character from, uh, you know, Rose Matter and you're feeling alive by doing terrible things, that's wrong and we will judge you for it. But you're just reading a book based on, you know, crazy things from Stephen King. We won't judge you. Exactly. Nope. We will we will be your friend. That's what we'll do. <laughs> That's exactly what we'll do. <laughs> so Jess, do you want to share real quick our uh like our Instagram, our Twitter, our Gmail, so you can hit up uh unraveling weird lit palaver. That's us. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh Instagram is at palaver podcast. Twitter is at palaver weird lit. And send us a Gmail. We would love to hear from you at palaverwordslet at gmail.com. Yay. Yay. Thank you guys so much. I so appreciate that you guys are ladies who read spooky stuff and bringing some amazing content out there. I've so enjoyed your episodes thus far. They're hilarious and really, really (laughs) well-researched. I loved the Cujo one as well as Salem Slot. Yeah, I haven't read Kujo yet, but I feel Norman Daniels, the villain we just read in Rose Matter, is a human Kujo. So now I kind of want to head back and read the actual Kujo. I think I'm going to save that for my Halloween book. That's going to be after my bag of bones. We're going to do maybe Kujo in there. Very good. Ooh, that'll be fun. But I definitely... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to talk with you gals about it, but I foresee us collaborating in the future and hanging out again. It's been a total delight. So thank you guys for joining me uh, here at the Underrated Stephen King podcast, and uh, we'll say farewell to Jess and Kendra, and we'll be in touch soon. And thank you gals for hanging out with me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yes. Bye. Bye. So that concludes this episode with the exceptionally wonderful Jess and Kendra, hosts of Palaver Unraveling Weird Lit Podcast. I will include a link to their show in today's episode notes, but hopefully the audio on my side wasn't too much of an irritation. I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm figuring this out as we go along. 
Uh, all of the things. So um, hopefully my audio engineering skills will improve the next time we collaborate because I know we're going to do it again. We had such a great time and I'm hoping that we do, uh, that I'll have some gal pals to help me work my way through Misery, Dolores Claiborne, as well as Gerald's Game because I'm not going to read them by myself. <laughs> so uh, hopefully these gals can help me out in the future. I will uh, appreciate that most, most definitely. So that's all I have for you guys. Feel free to write into the show at underratedskpod on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you would like to send us an email, please write to underratedsk at gmail with any of your thoughts, ideas, suggestions, feedback. And if you have listened to the show for a while and you haven't already, please, please, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five star so we can reach more Stephen King readers as we head into the Halloween season. So I hope to be with you again soon with a new novel uh, or TV show, potentially. Wink, wink, not sure. But I will be uh, popping up again soon with some more Stephen King good stuff. And until then, wherever you are in the world, please take care and keep reading and uh, we'll see each other again soon. Bye!